was a sobering experience for companies globally. It exposed the need for rapid digitization. However, with digitization also comes an increased cybersecurity risk. Times like these establish that a company's success depends on its ability to balance the pace of its digitization with a precise focus on cybersecurity initiatives. Himanshu Sivalkar joins us to shed light on how this balance can be achieved. Himanshu is a senior director at SAP's Global Industry and Value Advisory. His professional mission is to help enterprises achieve more using SAP's technology. He does that by focusing on SAP's portfolio of source-to-pay solution capabilities. Himanshu has a track record of delivering on large-scale enterprise technology transformation programs across the globe combined with 18-plus years of experience from software engineering and architecture, product management, digital business services and value advisory. As always, my name is Akshi Mola and you're listening to SAP Experts Podcast. Please be sure to like, share and subscribe. Welcome Himanshu to the SAP Experts Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey Akshi, uh, thank you very much for having me uh, on your podcast. Now Himanshu, I think we should jump in with the pressing questions right off the bat. which is as we all know we are kind of still recovering from the aftermath of covid some people said the pandemic is not even over and while we were at it covid was a sobering experience for all of us for companies globally but do you believe that cybersecurity should still be a top priority for companies so why cybersecurity and why now uh, well that that's a good question and if you look at you know what has happened in past two years uh since the pandemic probably uh is that we the world is going through a chaos and there are many right. challenges the businesses are facing uh, on all fronts now when you have so many challenges to be managed you know there is a natural tendency and this is understandably so that some items or maybe few items on your priority list might get ignored or overlooked and that's what we wanted to do with this primer on cybersecurity that it serves as a friendly reminder think hey no matter what is happening cybersecurity should be the top priority now why do i say so is uh, in the global economy the digitalization of business was always important uh, it get got accelerated uh, post covid i think that is widely accepted now and i don't think we would have any different opinion there right but what happens is that for every enterprise as the digitalization gains momentum the degree of cybersecurity risk also increases significantly i mean it's directly proportional and sometimes probably go up higher the while ceos and the executive boards uh, cannot and should not halt the pace of digitalization uh, they also cannot afford to make cybersecurity a lesser priority well that's the delicate balance and maintaining that balance is actually very tricky sometimes company success and possibly survival depends on ensuring that it gets right so if you look at it this way on one hand side digitalization brings you the upside on the other hand side you have to protect the downside that's the cybersecurity rings in right so that's the question of balance that we have to solve and if we would take a moment to see into the mind of a ceo uh, what would be bothering her uh, 
if not you know the newly launched product will succeed or if the company right. is able to maintain the market leadership uh, she would definitely care for that but she may not be paranoid about it right but she would definitely worry to get the answer right to this type of security is question of balance and that's why i say it's it's top track you spoke of a delicate balance that has to be between having your cybersecurity but also digitization and that's very interesting because while i was preparing for this podcast i was going over your recent primer on cybersecurity and by the way for our audience i will be linking that very primer in the show notes down below but right in the first few pages himanshu did you just go right in with a very very bold claim and i'm going to paraphrase what you said you said covid-19 is not not the greatest risk that business face uh and that single biggest threat instead is and it has always been attack from cyber terrorists determined to break through cybersecurity schemes and ransack erp systems now like i said i started with that that covid has been something and it, it still has lasting repercussions why would you say this boogeyman is not the scariest thing out there but cybersecurity is instead and particularly how it pertains to erp systems even above that so how would you respond to that well no disregard for covid and uh, the issues that it had uh, created for mankind right i mean we most of us have suffered either through our family members or the friends and all so we have seen that so there is no disregard for what covid right. actually caused for us but what i always think and this is something which i have put some time to think about it is like if we look at it in this way before january of 2020 how many risk algorithms in the world actually factored in covid-19 like a global pandemic yeah it was not in the equation there there was no. it was not actually factored in so what it tells us is that this was probably the unknown unknown mm. yeah now cyber security is it really unknown no we know that there could be issues with cyber security and therefore i say that cyber security probably has been and will be still the biggest challenge to be solved uh, and perhaps even bigger than covid i mean i'm not uh, uh, regarding the human loss that is there it's purely the business in the business context yeah uh, it perhaps is to be top priority and the reason i say also is that let's take the analogy of our heart right human heart mm-hmm. now every organ of our body is important but perhaps heart plays an important role to keep everything together yeah now yes. consider your erp system as a digital heart of your business it's that system which contains more vital information about your company its business your employees customers business partners your planning your processes you know intellectual and material property supply chain yeah at probably i mean i am not over exaggerating but if you just look at it in this way through the lens of the sensitivity and the criticality of the information that it provides to businesses it is on the planet earth the single most important repository of information but i am not compare that comparing that in the, with regards to the size of the data right 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 you might have among us data elsewhere lying in other places but erp for your business is so vital so just as protecting the human heart is vital to ensure good health and functioning of the body protecting the erp system is just vital to the health and functioning of your business and that said 
its very nature ensures that your ecosystem system is actually the holy grail for the hackers and others everywhere who are hell bent on stealing your information i think that makes cybersecurity the top priority i am convinced because the unknown boogeyman is always the unknown boogeyman but something which is staring at you right in the face why not take care of it especially when it could be impacting the heart of your organization now himanshu we jumped right in with the serious pressing questions we're talking about a pandemic we're talking about security so why don't we switch gears into something more lighthearted for our next one i asked this very question by the way to elena kwachko who is our chief trust officer and the question was that we all grew up watching spy movies you know the mission impossible of the world the james bond movies and sometimes you know we see that green uh, text matrix like text on our laptops and say like, oh they're coding they're coding so seriously and i don't know how realistic that is and not so which movie show or book and it does not have to be hollywood according to you actually got it right or came close to getting it right into describing what actually goes behind the scenes as far as cybersecurity is concerned well i actually i must say uh, you switched the gears but unfortunately i might uh, be disappointing you and your audience by not <laughs> being able to give any specific movie or a book which exclusively focuses on the topic of cybersecurity but in general i would highly recommend one book yes uh, it is that book which has got profound impact the way i see the world uh and uh, it may not be applicable directly from the principle of cyber security but it can be applied to any facet of business and life and that book is called uh, uh, and i have read that book many times uh, and that book is called as anti fragile by nasim taleb mm. now what taleb says in this book and uh, that's that's why i want to bring this in the context of uh business and sorry to again disappoint but what taleb says is there are things which actually break under pressure we call them as fragile mm. then you have the things which actually sustain the pressure these are things like we call them as resilient right robust but he says there is another third category which is actually these are the things which not only sustain the pressure but they also gain from the pressure so these are the things which actually gain from disorder to become even more stronger and since there is no word in the dictionary he said it is anti fragile now coming to organizations and companies i would say it would be difficult to concretely say you know what is that will make you anti fragile but let's invert you know let's see what can make companies fragile and then appreciate why cyber security probably is so important and this is i always say you know the two c's uh, uh which probably makes a company fragile one is the cash the first is the cash the cash flow yes uh, we saw the first instance of that in 2020 post covid companies with strong balance sheet lots of cash on the book uh, they properly weathered the storm right uh, and not only what they did was they were able because this cash provided them the optionality that perhaps they were able to keep still running the projects which were important in the mid term uh perhaps those projects will now bring the fruits maybe they were able to acquire some companies who were under distress or they were able to just garner the market share from the competitors so the cash provided that opportunity now just lack of cash makes it fragile right and therefore yeah. i said that is anti fragile now what's the second c and that is my favorite topic and that's one we are discussing today is cyber security right yes just 
invert again that you underestimate cybersecurity, you are actually opening the floodgates for the manipulators, the cyber thieves and the cyber terrorists. And I think that helps us understand why these two things actually make it anti-project. Well, Himashi, I must say, we are not disappointed. I love that the path to anti-fragility is laid out by the two Cs, cash and cybersecurity. I want to bring in another C into the mix. So we are in the cloud world. So that's the C I wanted to bring in into the equation to complicate things a little bit. We're in a cloud world today. Software as a service pretty much is a norm. We hear it everywhere. Still, we also see a little hesitance when it comes to data security and what cloud means when it comes to data security, especially amongst discrete industry or what has been my personal experience. I come from the oil and gas sector and, you know, we could have discussions so we're blue in the face, but still we see that hesitance on-premise still vehemently doubted as the only safe way. How do we counter that objection? I mean, we are becoming digitized. We are going to the cloud. There is no way back. So what do we do? How do we convince? Well, firstly, I would 100% agree if a company is mandated by regulation to be on-premise, you don't have a choice and that's all right. But if there is no such barrier, what else is stopping you from moving to cloud infrastructure? Yeah. Right. When I was in US in 2016 and 17 as part of SAP Americas, where and it, it was a time when S4 was actually launched and S4 HANA Cloud was something which we're talking for our customers. And there were early mover customers with whom I used to do a study to do a feasibility analysis about the choice of deployment that they should have, whether it should be on-prem or cloud. And the one thing I used to always say to everyone is, while we would be able to argue on the benefit of the TCO, I mean, the lower TCO that the cloud would bring for your business, let the economic benefit not be the only dictating factor right. in your decision to make that deployment choice, right? So don't go for that own alone. And why I say that is because I strongly also believe is that what uh, the price is what you pay and the value is what you get. Now you would ask me, hey, Imanchu, uh, how do you describe the value of cloud then? Right. Uh, yeah, well, I would say it is twofold. Firstly, cloud infrastructure and software as a service provides me the required technological foundation to experiment, tinker, adapt, and then scale. Now, with this, what comes is my ability to be agile. And why so? Because I am in a position to kill projects faster, which are not working, and scale those projects which are working. And no time in history we ever got this kind of technological benefit. I mean, how much I appreciate it, I can't stop myself. Right. Now, let's see cloud in the context of cybersecurity. And uh, I would have a different opinion here. Now, it's not necessary that the cloud would probably compromise my security aspect and cybersecurity thing. It may not be really so. If you mm -hmm. see from an architecture point of view, and the sheer amount of the data that the cloud infrastructure is able to collect. If you look at every node in cloud, if a node is compromised because of some cybersecurity issues, the other nodes actually get benefit oh. out of it because the machine learning algorithm that is there behind all of these 
cybersecurity software, they would learn, you know, what is happening within that network because you are not operating in an island, which could right. be an on-premise thing. So the other nodes are actually, and that's the benefit of the network, right? That since you are in a network, what is happening elsewhere, the machine learning algorithm knows that, learns, and it becomes even better. I think this is something which you are not going to get elsewhere. That absolutely blew my mind. And that makes so much sense that, you know, okay, one node learning from the attack on another one. But switching gears, Himanshu, there also exists a psychological, a social engineering aspect to cybersecurity that sometimes gets overlooked, you know. So could you shed yeah. more light on this, perhaps why this also leads to us seeing more cyber threats during an upheaval, whenever there are signs of confusion, like the COVID crisis, that perhaps we see more. Well, I think you brought a good, very good point. Uh, and I, in my opinion, social engineering and manipulators, what they do with that is the easiest thing for them. Yeah. Uh, and probably one of the best ways for them to break the initial defense of the company. Now, let's look at the timeline. Maybe 25 years, 30 years back, it was the only telephone call that the employee could be contacted, right? So that was the only access. Yeah. Then came the email. So now you had email and a phone call. And today we have so many digital avenues, so many tools through which these manipulators can actually, you know, contact the employees. Uh, and it is for them very easy to exploit the human emotions. Yes. So I think it is that first defense that can be broken very easily and it as i said could also open floodgates for even more hacks so while we are on this topic right of the human aspect another human tendency is to look at things and look, look at what leadership is doing and leadership can really embark changes within an organization so with that in mind what's the leadership's responsibility about cybersecurity and anything that you would recommend that leaders should be doing well, uh, here again, I would like to bring analogy, uh, analogy of the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, if you uh, closely look at uh, all of these pharmaceutical companies uh, have manufacturing plants where the medicines are manufactured, produced, and uh, all the regulators around the world uh, have to approve that. For example, US FDA has to approve a specific plant which is going to produce that drug. And I think that is there required because you... Uh, have to you are producing life-saving drugs you don't really want that there are impurities that there are shortcuts taken in the in the manufacturing process now what i have seen and this probably is not true for every pharmaceutical company but definitely the ones which are more progressive is i have seen that they have a, a very atypical organization structure i would say wherein the head of quality function actually reports to the chairman of the board and not right. the CEO. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, you would wonder why is that? And the uh -huh. answer is because quality is actually viewed as an integral part of the company's identity and as one of the most important aspects of its brand and the trust, right? And I think to some extent, when it comes to cybersecurity, companies should probably follow similar approach that they have the head of cybersecurity reporting directly to the board, mm. chairman of the board, not just the CEO. Uh, and the reason is the board is there to protect the interest of the stakeholders, right? Uh, yeah. So they may not really be into the nitty-gritties of the business, but definitely have a fiduciary duty 
uh, on that side. And with this kind of a structure, it actually gives you a better control uh, uh, to really see uh, what is happening centrally, regionally, and maybe have local controls with different committees of the board. If you see full your annual report, cybersecurity is a topic mentioned in the risk identified by the business. And what I see, and this is what I would propose uh, uh, to many companies, is the board is actually distributed in different committees, right? You have an audit committee, you have nomination committee, uh, you also have risk committee, and sometimes the cybersecurity is actually part of the risk committee. And you asked me, you know, what you would recommend. The second recommendation would be take this function of cybersecurity out as a subset and make it a separate vertical. Right. Have an independent chairman of this cybersecurity committee, mm. and it consists of only those experts who have either dealt in the past with the issue of cybersecurity or they are domain experts. I think these two changes would really help uh, to to at least uh, identify very early, you know, what is that is missing and what you have to do. Well, what you just said, you just provided the perfect segue into the intern corner. Featuring Sobu Rahimi, he is our early talent, our intern uh, with us. Uh, and Sobu has prepared a couple of questions for you. So with that said, take it away, Sobu. Thank you so much, Akshi, for having me on. Hwanshu, um, I'm very fascinated by the vast field of, of cybersecurity. In fact, uh, when I was in college, I was actually a part of a student organization that was solely focused on internal auditing. Uh, that's where I first ever heard of SAP and what role it played in controlling business risks. Um, what I often heard, however, was that cybersecurity wasn't really a technology issue, but more about people and their behaviors. Uh, from your experience, do you find this to be true? And, and can you elaborate on what that means for you? Well, uh, here I would like to quote, I don't know uh, who actually said that, but somebody has said innovation is not a department, right? It, it's a culture and it has to be imbibed in every facet of your organization. And I would probably go a little bit far to say that cybersecurity is also such thing that it may not just become a mere department. So first of all, you have to have the top leadership doing the work to talk, and then you have to probably have every layer of your management and all the employees. And as we discussed earlier, social engineering, right? That is something which opens the floodgate. So you need to also have bottom-up approach to manage social engineering and also the top-to-down approach. And just to give you an example, I mean, there are different ways, but uh, the different roles in the top level have uh, different bias for action when it would come to the impact that they would have to ensure cybersecurity and safety, you know, like if you take an example of CEO. Now, the first thing he has to ensure is that he's supporting the chief security officer to a position of prominence and with the authority, which means is that a CEO, if you look at her, she is the capital allocator, right? Which means that you have to ensure that the funds are going to the cybersecurity projects and there are no cutting corners there. And probably, she should also recognize cybersecurity gaps uh, by continuously benchmarking against the best practices. Now, if you look at the CFO, uh, he would probably, in his role, would still be able to make an impact, but in a different way. Now, he 
or she probably should consider you know cyber security risk and uphold that when advising on growth and cost saving initiatives i cfo uh, should also be in a position to translate the risk uh, cyber security brings the financial risk specifically in a language that is better understood by everybody in the organization if you look at the chief sourcing officer or procurement officer she has to ensure the confidentiality integrity availability of the sensitive information you know that is shared with the suppliers uh, that it is not compromised so there is there is a role which every leader can play within the visibility in which she or he is operating the bias for the action would still be motivated towards cyber security and the impact would be still felt but you have different nuances to that that's great continuous benchmarking and and creating a culture of cybersecurity so important uh so uh earlier you you spoke a little bit about the two Cs uh cash and cybersecurity um some companies are strapped for cash uh they're looking to cut down inflation costs some certain business functions are on the chopping block as these businesses look over all these different business functions could you make the case as to why cybersecurity should continue being a priority and a and a financial commitment i think that's a great question uh, and uh, the way i would answer it and by now you would have seen uh, i love analogy uh, let me bring another analogy in picture because that's how i help myself to appreciate that point of view let's look at your health right you know that good eating habits good sleep and a declutter mind and regular exercise is actually good for your health the way digitalization brings the upside for the organization all of these good habits are actually bringing the upside for your health and well-being now would you dare to say because i get good sleep i have balanced diet i do regular exercise that i would say no to health insurance no right if somebody does that it would be foolish and why foolish because we know the world is random nobody beyond a point knows anything inside of your body so it would be completely foolish to say no to health insurance simply because you are doing good exercise and having a balanced diet and same is with cyber security just because you are good and maybe the leader in terms of the digitalization of your business processes does not mean that cyber security should be prior to item and sometimes i say to this to some of the friends and family members is you know you might be able to survive without food for 6 days or more than that depending on your own uh, build and the body but without health insurance i mean you don't know what can go wrong uh same is with cyber security it is a continuous uh thing that is required uh, and therefore it has to be prior one item again going circling back it's the question of that balance the upside digitalization brings but let's not forget the protection of the downside and therefore probably cutting corners is not going to help cutting corners is not going to help love that analogy and sobu always there with the thought provoking questions so thank you for that anytime but being a procurement supply chain nerd i have to selfishly ask this to you himanshu 
that in today's world, we have increasingly complex network supply chains. More complexity equals more failure points, at least I seem to think so, means more risks. How can companies enhance the safety and resiliency of their supply chains in this increasingly complex world? Yeah, so maybe the first thing that I will bring is uh, it might look trivial to uh, some, and it is probably the low-hanging fruit also when you look at the aspect of cybersecurity, especially from the enterprise system point of view. The very first thing that I would do is to keep a tight watch on the vast quantity of log data that is generated by the system. So your ERP system, your warehouse system, your planning system, financial system is actually generating tons and tons of log data. Yeah, protect that. Let let it not be mishandled by anybody because there are a lot of insights which could just be taken out from the log that is generated by the system. Now, the second thing, and this is especially, again, going back to the role of the chief procurement officer, you have suppliers sometimes which are beyond tier one, especially the smaller suppliers. You know, they may not uh, have the bandwidth and the access to cybersecurity tools which are sophisticated in nature, and you have to probably hold them together because it is in your interest. You are today operating in a business network, so you can't, again, cut corners there when it comes to your supplier base. Now, when it comes to specifically on the supply chain and the logistics network, I think plotting the flow of information and keeping a close eye on the key access point in the supply chain, what's going in, what is coming out, uh, what's coming in, that I think that is far important uh, for the chief supply chain officer to really know that. And also not just knowing, but doing this on a periodic basis, you know, supplier risk assessment, due diligence with possibly the third party relationship as well. So I think these are some of the things, I mean, their list would be even more, but I think these are the items which can still be done. So as far as global enterprise security is concerned, we cannot just afford to be reactive, to just wait and watch and see what will happen and how bad things can be. Organizations should be able to anticipate what's next. So what are some of the trends that we must be mindful of to be best prepared? Well, by now, you know, your audience would be thinking that I am a pessimist and a paranoid <laughs> guy because I'm uh, speaking so much negativity. And I think uh, while speaking on cybersecurity, one has to be paranoid about the future yeah. and be a pessimist. But uh, even if that would go against the very nature of you, that's fine because we need to accept the fact, as I said, world is random. We don't know beyond a certain point. And now you ask, uh, what are the trends? You know, the two trends which I am always, uh, you know, watchful of is, and I think I would also recommend other business leaders is the first thing which I see is that these cyber teams, the actors, you know, taking control of your supply chain, hacking the supply chain. Perhaps the future wars will be just paid on hacking your supply chain. Take this simple scenario where your warehouse system is hacked, which keeps the trust lined up outside. For hours and hours, and if you are a larger company, maybe you have around 200 trucks which are just not being able to get in, unload. Yeah, and this what it brings is brings definitely financial damage because everything is connected. Hmm. Even a minute of delay is going to cost something or the other in that business network which you are operating. So it definitely brings the financial damage. And what would happen is that while doing this hacking, the cyber thieves could also short stock of the company. While they may not ask for ransomware 
but they can still short the stock and they be on money in that fashion and nobody would actually recognize this pattern right yeah and the second trend and this is you know this is quite quite uh, fearful is we hear a lot about iot internet of things uh, but there is a subset of that uh, which typically is called as iomt it is internet of medical things mm. right now again i don't want to be so much paranoid on digital but just imagine these devices which take care of vital information of the patient the robotic surgery which is automated and lots of devices and sensors collecting lots of information and that information getting interacted with other parts of the information if something gets compromised here wow. i mean we don't know i mean doctors are not in a position to be the cyber security experts i think that perhaps is and again it goes to the same thing that digitalization is good it brings you the upside so the patients could be treated well than before because now lots of data is accessible that the, the decision that the doctor has to take about the treatment is far better but then there could be this aspect which could be there if it is overlooked and therefore it's the question of the balance the upside that digitalization brings and the downside protection for cybersecurity beautiful we are back at a, a full circle moment we started with balance and we're ending with balance and with my own analogy i think it's it's uh, neither optimistic or pessimistic to lock your doors or wear your seat belt it's realistic so putting cybersecurity top of mind top of heart as a top priority only makes sense so as we come close uh, to the end himanshu where can our audience learn more about your work more about your content as well as follow you Well, I think the go-to place would be definitely LinkedIn. Just follow on my profile, and on some occasions, I also write on acp.blog.com. So that is, so these are two ways, uh, you know, to to keep in touch. Absolutely, and I will be providing all of that information in the show notes down below. With that said, Himanshu, thank you so much for joining us and telling us all about cybersecurity. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. <laughs>